Hi there, folks. This is your friendly magician master, Michael, here to let you know that the following episode is not a regular episode of JK We Are Rolling. It is instead a special three-part one-shot where our player, Sebastian, will be the game master. This is just the first part, and the next two parts will be released directly to our Patreon. So... Take a listen to this super epic Dungeons & Dragons adventure that Sebastian created in his own world. And if you like that, maybe head over and listen to the next two parts on our Patreon, which I intend to release one just about every month. That's it for me. Now get your adventuring hat on and get ready to explore the world of Neurelanis. The demon wars are long forgotten. The Tower of Mages keeps its watch in the mountains as the elemental guardians shelter in its shadow. But something stirs deep beneath the city of magic. Something long forgotten in the north. Who can hope to tame the darkness? JK, Lest the world fall to its festering disease. JK, the story begins as it all began. In air, fire, water, and earth. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to JK. It's D&D. Yay! Because today, it's not our dear Michael that's going to be the dungeon master who has control over every single instance of the game. It's me, Sebastian. Hello there. You might know me. I'm originally uh, playing Eric, but not today. Today it's my job to make sure that the three others are going to have a little bit of fun or maybe experience some gruesome death scenarios. That's something that could happen. We shall see. Not if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> you know, I wanted to say if it only happens to Michael, I'm totally fine with it. Oh my god, we're gonna right. die here. I'm glad I'm not Stasley. She would not be long in this game. <laughs> ah, who knows? Who knows? At least you're not level one characters. <laughs> so, who wants to start uh, with the introduction for the characters? I'll start. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, hi there, folks. My name is Michael Moore, the recently ousted ruler of this podcast. But I'm very excited to be a player for the first time. My name is, uh, or rather, the character that I will be playing is <laughs> Murkrov. I am an Earth Elemental Guardian. My race is Genazi, for you D&D players out there. And uh, I am a ranger and a swarm keeper. There are a few rumors that the other members of my community might have heard about me. So uh, would you guys like to hear about those rumors? Oh, please. Yes. Great. Give it. Then let me just pull them up right here. Okay, so my rumors are... Do, do, you, want us to, do you want us to immediately try to figure out what's true and what's not true? <laughs> By, like, reading your face? Yeah, really? Yeah, exactly. Roll an insight check for real life. <laughs> no, I have to ask Sebastian. Hey, it's for me to say those things. <laughs> so... 
my uh, rumors are that Murkrov is called the protector of the glass forest in his hometown, that that's an epithet he has. There is a rumor that once Tisha, the goddess of wisdom and knowledge, and Rothak, the god of nature and animals, heard of his growing power and powerful lineage. They came to him and asked him to choose his favorite between the two of them, his favorite god, and he chose Rothak and was blessed with his powerful twig blight swarm as a boon. But uh, he was given a terrible curse by Tisha for choosing the other. Oh no, why would he choose Rothak? Why? What, what, what made him do that? What a fool. What a fool. Number three, he was chosen by his community to be the keeper of the Village Chronicles. So someday he will have to return home and live a life of solitude to record and study the histories of his people. Wow, that sounds exciting. And the fourth rumor about Murkrov is that Murkrov speaks with the trees of the forest, prays to them, and gives them sacrifices. Ooh. And that's everything you might have heard about Murkrov. Tune in next week to find out what's happening (laughs) (laughs) with Murkrov. Forget about it. Cool. My name is Nadine Kuhn, and I'm playing Kayla. She is uh, also an air genasi, an elemental guardian of the air, and she's a druid. And like the rumors about her are she brings death. Very short, like her rumors are a little shorter than Murkrofs. <laughs> a little bit. A little she, bit. She brings death. <laughs> I was feeling like my rumors were a little too short. Right, a little longer. Well, you know, on this one, I would, I would like a little, little explanation. Well, wherever she goes, like people around her die. Oh. So she brings death! Exclamation point. <laughs> um, she's, she's excessively strong, like super, super strong. Mm, I've heard that about you. She's missing an eye. If you look at her and experience or like see how she looks, you might think that could be an option. Or she has been cursed in her childhood. So you have to figure that out. (laughs) Sad. Mm, Interesting. Well, you know, when I first read all the rumors, I felt "Mm, maybe mine are going to be super interesting. But anyway... um... I'm Lucas Fischer, and today I'm not playing Jasper. No, today I play Breeze. He also is a Genasi. He is an air guardian, and he is a rogue. And he is um, one of the last generations of the Genasi. And his rumors, first, he would do anything for a freshly baked bread. Just so you know. Second... I know that's true for Lucas, so I've got that one in my head, yeah. (laughs) Um, The second rumor is that he cannot resist a bat. His third rumor is that he controls an invisible killer beast. Oh, please let it be true. Which is Kayla, because she brings death. There we have it. There we have it. It all goes together. And and you have to feed them eyes. Um, (laughs) And the fourth one is that he cannot take alcohol at all. Which would also be Lucas, but I think we should totally go. With yeah, the I wanted, I wanted, I wanted deep connection to the character this this game. So to to maybe sort out slight confusion by those who listen, I ask the players to write rumors about their characters. One of those rumors is true, another one is a blatant lie, and the other two are somewhere in between ish. They could be and they could not be. 
And just so all you Dungeons & Dragons nerds, if you appear somewhere, also beware, we are not playing in the original world of Dungeons & Dragons. Yes, we used the races and kinda put them in another setting, into a world I create for my own, for my own campaigns and such, just so you know. So don't you worry if something's going to happen that you don't know about. And uh, the name of the adventure, so to say, that we're going to play today uh, has a very simple name. Another day in Neurelanis. Ah. So let me give you a little bit of an introduction. You three all know the mage town Neurelanis. You all know that it was created roughly around 300 years ago, after the last demon wars that plagued the world. The mages decided that they would have a place where each of them would be able to learn freely, without worry, without any kind of influence from other sides, who might have wanted to pull a powerful magic user on his or her side. That's the reason that this wonderful town is surrounded by a big circle of mountains. In between those are four even taller mountains. They are representative for each single element, meaning each single school has one of those and trains the mages and those that want to be taught in a certain element. All around the outer circle of mountains is the desert of the mage town, also called the mage desert. How exactly it came to happen that, well, the marks on the land are so, let's say, perfectly cut that the next edges to mountains and forests seems like someone just dug it up and turned it around, decided here is going to be the line that's going to be drawn. Maybe we'll get to know that. But let's take a closer look at Neurilanus itself. Today is a day like many, many others. The weather here in Neurilanus is rarely, really bad. Sunshine. Most of the time, unless the air mages try a little bit different and send storms all across the mountain tops. But luckily not today, meaning it's nicely warm. No one has to worry about freezing to death. And very specially, a very young air guardian doesn't have to worry about freezing. Well, depends. This piece of bread in his hand that just slowly floated towards him belonged to a bakery from a few water mages. Yeah, there you are. Breeze on the streets of the town. So far it's lively. You know the place around. You know the people around. You know your way around. Mm -hmm. And so far, yeah, you, you have been a little bit on your way outside of Morilanis and return just back home a few days. But who needs to go to his supervisor right away, right? No one does. So you're making your ways through the street. 
you see other people passing you by, mostly humans. Here and there you see other elemental guardians also going their way. Some of them earth, some of them fire. You are on the complete other side of the mountains, where your kind would be. Mm -hmm. Because the further away of your superior you are, the better. But as you make your way through town, you kind of feel like someone is watching you. Okay. And you can't shake this feeling off. It's there in, in your back, in your neck. Like, you feel a little bit tense. You can't exactly pinpoint why, but you do. So, my question for you, O'Breeze, is what are you going to do? Hmm. Okay, so I'm, well, first of all, I'm still eating that lovely smelling bread I have with me. It's still warm. Oh, is it crunchy also? Yeah. Ooh, sounds good. It's a, it has really, really nice crust. You know, like if you sprinkle enough water on it when it's baking. Yes. yes. Exactly. So you know, you know, when the, when you first squeeze the the bread and you hear that crunch, mm -hmm. it's going to be the best one. But anyway, I I'm wondering there, look, you know, looking around people, and I, I do have that feeling of you know someone is maybe watching me. I just use a quick look around to maybe kind of sense or feel like where's this feeling coming from. But on the same side, I would use this kind of look around to see if there's something worth going for. That sounds like you want to perceive your surroundings. So do me the favor and make a perception check. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. First die roll. It's the 20 plus your bonus in perception. So it's a 17 plus 2. 19. Not bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> As you take a look around and trying to sort out like hmm, someone might be following me. You don't see any person in particular that's following you <laughs> because you're still on the street. In the middle of town, there are dozens of people and you can be sure some of them are looking at you. But not in this kind of tense and threatening way. But as you take a bit of a look around, there's something shimmering over there. And you, you narrow your eyes a little bit and oh, oh, that's something that you know. Your superior, your mentor uses certain objects from time to time to carry on messages. Uh -huh. And they're sometimes mostly worked out of very fine, fine material. And you see a little silver globe with a very delicate pattern. And you know you can place a message into it and ordinarily you hand one of those to an air elemental and send them flying. Mm -hmm. Yes. They're specifically made for those to be carried away. But you have barely seen one of them in such a perfect way and shape. And it's just resting there on a little bank right next to a house. Ooh. Do I get the feeling that, you know, someone is watching over it? Or do I feel like this thing feels left alone? It's not like someone is actually eyeing that. Yeah, well, then I would just, you know, have another bite of the bread and just, you know, very, very cool and relaxed. I would go towards this bench 
and uh, yeah, just grab for it. You just reach for it. I don't think, as you describe it, it sounds very subtle. It's more like, oh, look, there is something. Yoink. Yes. In that case, uh, you're not really trying to hide it. So as soon as you pick it up, hmm. you notice a slight vibration coming from it. Mm -hmm. And from one moment to the other, you hear someone behind you. A very familiar voice. Breeze. Yes, what is it now? Would you be so kind to turn around? And Breeze is turning around. And you see a more than familiar face. You see a very young man in slightly greenish robes, blonde hair neatly tied together in a ponytail, looking at you with brown eyes. Is there any reason in particular that you didn't visit me? You know, Ventus, um, I just feel like, you know, today is such a good day. Why waste it being inside a building, not having anything to do, just to reading books or whatever? I, I just, you know, want for a freshly baked bread. You want to buy two? What about the day before that? Well... Or the day before that day. I mean, I mean, Ventus, come on, what is time anyway? It's just something that you made up, right? I mean, for me, it's just, you know, one day is the other. Young man, I know that you are still adjusting to your body, but there are things that you need to take care of, just like coming to me when you come back so I know where you are, especially after all those messages I got from all around the outside. He's, he's kind of looking away from Ventus, but I don't know what you mean. You don't know what I mean. What about um here? Ah, right there. You visited a little village in the west, outside of our desert, and people reported things missing, which appeared miraculously in another village not too far away. Oh, and those people started missing things as well. Well then, maybe they have to, you know, better their communication system. Mm-hmm. If they have it and the other town has it as well. Breeze. Hmm? We need to have a conversation about that. Not again. Oh yes, again. Seemingly it's needed. Desperately. So, either you're coming with me, after I tried my best to place my lures all around town and he points to the little ball that you hold in your hand, come with me without problems, or I'm making sure that you're going to come with me. Or I'm making sure we're seething the day out of it. And then he just throws this globe to him so that he has to catch it or it would otherwise fall down. And then he would just um, try to sneak away as quickly as possible. All right. You know that's something he kind of expected you to do? I couldn't think of why, but maybe yeah, he did. Do me a favor <laughs> and roll a safe for me. A constitution safe, to be precise. Your throw must succeed against an 18. Oh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> It's a 19. Ooh. It really is. Wow. It's the new stuff. dice. It's the new dice. Oh, the new dice are magic. Very nice. Yes. You, you notice that 
Ventus makes a certain hand gesture that you know all too well. Mm -hmm. It's something that's given to your kind from birth. Uh, he was planning about levitating you so he could simply push you around as he likes. But you are luckily able to evade his spell quickly enough. And now you want to sneak away. So I have to roll the dice for it as well? Or? That sounds like a stealth check for me. Like you want to run into the next street that you find and hide there and get away from him. Sounds pretty much like you want to stealth away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a one. <laughs> oh, you're killing it. Ooh. That's stealth. Oh, so close. You keep this podcast like really excited. <laughs> sure. So I, I just imagine you super lucky that you were able to get away from the spell and also like, <laughs> I feel energetic. I'm running into the next street, dark corner that I can find. And it's a dead end. Oh, no. Oh, man. Dang it! Okay. <sighs> why, why, why today? Why today? And then I just turn around and, you know, I'm just waiting for Ventus. You know, the, the good point is Ventus is still standing there. And as it's, so to say, another little round, it's more like you may roll again <laughs> against an 18 constitution. <laughs> oh, he, he is fair. He is fair, I have to say. He's fair, he's fair. <laughs> And it's a seven. Just just for you to know why exactly it's always 18, there are certain spells that kind of create their own challenge rating, so to say, that are mostly spells that you don't need to target, like maybe a little firebolt or something. And those spells, if they're cast against someone, always have the same check, depending on how powerful the mage is that is casting the spell. Mm-hmm. So for him, for levitating, you always have to resist against an 18. He is quite powerful. You feel your weight lifting up from the ground. Ventus walks towards you, looks at you. Sorry, while he's doing that, in the air, Breeze is already, you know, laying down, getting one knee over the other and just eating his bread. <sighs> you have to be the troublemaker. Hmm? Actually, you are. He turns around and you see that he makes a little gesture with his hand. And you start to follow him floating through the streets of Neurilanis. So, let's get somewhere completely different. Let's get to the other side of the mountains where ordinarily be air elemental guardians are always around. Somewhere more secure and safe place in the inside, most likely, we see another member of our lovely group taking a bit of her sweet time. It's, it's one of those broody, gloomy days. You're most likely just staying inside. You don't want to have to do anything with the outside world. It's just uh, difficult. As you sit in your room, you notice a little bit of fog starting to slip underneath your door. You don't feel too panicked by that, because you know who causes that. It takes a little bit until the fog totally 
starts to form a new body. A body that you know, it kind of resembles a female form. It's sometimes hard to tell, but you already know Seo, the air elemental guardian that you're living with. And as you know, she is one of the first made elemental guardians, which is the reason that her body doesn't really hold together at all. She can very quickly be confused with a simple cloud of fog. She manifests a little bit. You see the resemblance of a face and eyes looking at you and you hear the gentle bit of voice that there is. So we decide to enjoy the inside today? I, I guess that's what I want to do, yeah. Any particular reason for that? I, I guess I just feel like it. Feel like it. You see her floating a bit closer to you and kind of sitting down next to you. I've got news for you. You do remember what? You said happened back then. I do. Well, my brother just came back from a little report that happened. It seems like others disappeared in the mines not too long ago. What? No! She raises her hands a little bit. I just want you to know that he is looking into it. In the moment they're starting to look for individuals who would like to look around and see if they find any tracks. I want to help. You kind of think that there is a hint of a smile. It's hard to tell. Mm -hmm. But you... You already know her long enough. But I get it. It's very, you know, you know, a bit cloudy, the whole situation, <laughs> but I get it. <laughs> yeah, better cloudy than shady. Yeah, right. Let's be honest. She turns her head a little bit, looks towards the door, then looks back to you. Well, in that case, you would need to get outside. I guess so. I can bring you to the place where he's starting to sort things out if you like to of course do i have to bring anything well i know my brother good enough i am sure that as soon as he has enough he's mostly going to send people right away into the mines so it might be a good idea to take your equipment all right <sighs> i guess it's the time now right most likely. But don't you worry, you won't have to go down there alone. I don't think so. Thank you. You're welcome. As always, you know that. So, you start to pack your things, and in contrast to her, you still have to walk through this door to get outside. <laughs> I guess like her stuff is always packed because she's actually or was always ready for something like that to happen. So she doesn't have to really pack a lot because it was always kind of prepared to be ready to leave and go for it. That sounds like it. Uh, you get out of your room 
and head directly to the end of the little hallway. You are in one of those peculiar, interesting places where the house is more like a tower and you are on one of the top stages, but there aren't any stairs downstairs. It's just the tower without anything else, but you know how it works. Uh, at some point, an air elemental decided that it likes to carry stuff up and down. So you walk through the hallway to the edge, take a bit of a breather and say the simple word, down. Down. You feel a bit of a breeze first mingling around you, then a little bit like a gentle embrace of someone that's starting to pick you up. You feel that you lift off the ground, you move a little bit more forward and start to sink down to the ground. Seo simply floats down right next to you, not really needing this kind of transportation. But you reach the end, step outside and find yourself on the streets of Neurenales. Sio just floats a little bit next to you and starts to lead the way. And you are going to follow. And now let's take a look. We have been so much on the upper end of the world. Let's take a little bit of a look in an underground community underneath the outer ring of Neurelanis. There we have a little community of Earth Elemental Guardians. Many of them the first, the very first generation, the first mates that had their fair share in battles long, long time ago. They decided that it would be for the better that they just say, you know what, we take a step back. We want to reconnect to who we once were and how we know that Earth simply is. Granted, we have bodies now, but that doesn't stop us from trying it. And there, somewhere in this wonderful little community underneath the mountains, in a world filled with crystal lights that show the way every here and there, we find the last one of our little group making his way. Luckily, you don't have much of a problem with walking around, even if there are parts where the crystals don't light up your way. You are used to this. You know where you need to go. It's fairly simple. You are just coming back from a little tour on the outside as you notice at one of the little main places that your community has most likely to meet up and see each other from time to time because, yeah, you separate yourself from each other, but that doesn't stop you from coming together from time to time. You make your way and notice a bit of a commotion. Just a little bit. It's, it's nothing too serious, but ordinary you don't get many visitors down here. One of the few that you get is the Archmage of Earth, Gokol. Ordinarily he just announces himself, because 
He knows that you're living very secluded, but there he is. In the conversation with a few others of your community and you, you kind of get the sense that there is something up, something off. It's, it's, it's hard to tell. This, this little, little man always has this presence of, I'm here, I'm friendly, but even he seems a bit tense. That makes you wonder. I guess at this point, Murkov is definitely interested in what's going on and he wants to get a bit closer. Not, it's very uncommon that there's anything happening in his little settlement. <laughs> so he's still a pretty pretty young earth elemental and he's interested in whatever whatever that is. You, you come a bit closer, but not too close. At least there's already a bit of commotion going on. And you see him standing there different little flasks all around the belt at his pants completely free giving a very good view and all the different tattoos and runes that are all over his body and it's it's a little bit like you can feel the humming of magic that constantly emates from him it's it's something very impressive as you come closer you can hear the archmage i know I know it's a lot to ask, especially from you, but we are needing help to potentially find someone that is lost in the mines. I know a lot to ask of, but in the end, as far as I'm concerned, there is no fighting involved. You see a bit of hesitation from the others. Just because it's said that there's no fighting involved still could mean that there is. You see him standing there by any chance. Is Moorcroft around somewhere? And even just as he says it, he starts to turn around and look directly at you. You didn't even need to say a thing. <laughs> it just at a certain point he knew you were there. I feel like Murkov is standing a bit back. <laughs> and you see his face like lighting up. Is, ah, there you are. I'll search for you, kinda. Is, is everybody around just kind of turned and looked at Murkov because he was a little behind? Yeah, most likely. It's like he noticed him sooner than we did. What the hell? He's like not used to having that much attention on. I don't. I don't think anybody there is used to having that much attention on them. <laughs> His parents aren't around, right? No, they aren't. In that case, he just kind of points to himself real quick, and he's like, "You, you, uh, <clears throat> you and me, uh, uh, sir, Archmage. You want? Did you me? Yeah, I'm here, right here. Yeah. What can? What can I do you for? For you doing? Can I do for you? Smooth. You see, even though you seemingly struggle with your words and what to say exactly because that's so much unwanted attention, <laughs> you see him walking towards you, the smile still on his face, reaching for your hand, and it's, it's like stone closes around soft mud. <laughs> That's pretty impressive because my arms are made out of stone. <laughs> it's, it's impressive. You are impressed. Oh, thank you, sir. Oh, hello. He looks up to you. Oh, 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 um, 
sorry, he pulls his hand back, uh, looks down at his hand, looks down at yours. Okay, still intact, no cracks, everything's fine. So, about that, um, I need help. Or, not exactly I need help, but others need help. We have some reports of other elemental guardians missing down in the mines underneath our four main mountains. There has been an incident a few years ago already, but we weren't able to probably clear it out. Now we are looking for volunteers to help take a look around. And there are just not so many, especially of your kind, that are around all the time. And let's be honest, who knows their way around underneath the earth better than you? And he like points around the whole place. Yeah, well, that's what, <clears throat> that's what they say about me, you know? Uh, good old Murkov, always around. That's exactly what I am, around here. Wonderful, wonderful. In that case, let us not waste time. Ah, he turns around for a moment. Well, thank you very much. Uh, if any of you would like to tell his parents that he is gone and that you don't need to worry about him because uh, I am around, at least for some time. But let's not worry about that. He, like, slaps you on your back. You <laughs> feel a pretty hefty <laughs> impact from that. Mm. Yeah, that's, woo, <laughs> Earth Elemental style. Love that. <laughs> woo. He grins. Very good. Then let's get going. And he turns around and you see him effortlessly making his way forward. He is pretty small. He's smaller than many of your kind by far. Just somewhere around 150, but... Damn, he is quick. So Mur Murkov turns around to the crowd behind him, and he's just like, um, can you guys just, you tell my parents? It'll probably be quick, right? So I'll see, okay, see you guys, thanks for, oh, I gotta, I gotta go, I'm, um, and then he's he's jogging up after go call. Yeah, you, 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 you see a few others, like, maybe trying to react, but all of that is happening so fast, and a lot of them are quite slow. So even as you go... We, we take a little look back, and he's like waving. Hello, Moorcroft. <laughs> Bye, Moorcroft. <laughs> so you're on your way up, in which case we get back to a still floating breeze being carried around, kind of. Ventus is leading you towards a certain point town you didn't really pay attention to where it was but wherever he's going to lead you it's going to be fine which is the point uh, at which you notice that there's a little air elemental floating right next to ventus he stops turns his head a little bit and you see that this elemental carries a little globe with it one of those silver globes for messages and he looks bit to the side he picks the globe uh, you see him reaching into his ropes and like a little bit of powder in between his hands and he sprinkles them towards the air elemental which starts to dance a little bit because of that thank you very much the air elemental flies away he opens the little sphere and just looks inside 
and you you see him turning around towards you with a little bit of an relaxed expression maybe a bit thoughtful i'm not too sure if you are lucky or not but he raises a little paper in his hand you are officially summoned for your very first mission oh you mean apart from washing dishes and everything it seems like there are certain incidents and they need a few volunteers or in your case some willing participants just make sure you're doing your things right and that you don't cause more chaos than help you think that would be doable yeah i mean you know the word right you know there's a definition of it i mean ventus i'll do my best very good in that case relax and enjoy your flight you see a little bit of another gesture that he makes a little bit more complicated and you start to fling up in the air can i just at this point um because i i know ventus and he has like on his belt he has his room keys can i try to get these it's a little bit difficult given you are quite a bit away from him but sure you can try it as i know certain methods that you have still exist mm -hmm. for example i would go for a little helping hand then do me the favor and roll for slate of hand what does that do helping hand well you know a helping hand is just something that i can somewhat summon which allows me to create an invisible hand and um, i can make that hand do what i wish to do yeah like an invisible mage hand Got it. yes exactly and it is oh it is a 19 Ooh. plus 7 <laughs> i love these new dice i love these new dice i have to say <laughs> in that way you you're just floating there leaning a bit back and covering one of your hands a little bit with the other starting to do a bit of movements and you see that the room key that he has slowly starts to float out of the little pocket he has at his belt where he keeps those and in the next moment you feel yourself fling up with a little bit of a problem the range of your mage hand is 30 feet and it's not quick enough to keep up with the speed that you're flung up in the air so what you see is how the keys follow you for a short amount of time, just high enough that they drop down right on Ventus' head. Mm. Yeah, and whilst, whilst being sent off, he's just, damn it. And then he's, you know, getting out a little piece of paper where he has, you know, like like a score. Like <laughs> how many how many times Ventus won, won you, know, you know, a meeting or how many times I won. And then I just give him a point and you're flung right towards the biggest achievement of building and creation of architecture that the mage town of Marilanis has to offer as you all know that in between those four mountains there is the tower of the four archmages it's the place where at a certain point of experience every single mage has to go to prove that he is worthy to 
learn more complicated and more powerful spells. Spells that, under certain circumstances, are able to, let's say, burn down forest to a certain degree. And you are like flying right towards the tower, but before you reach it, you drop down to a little bit of space that is in between these mountains and this tower towards the lower end. There you see a certain someone right next to a little bit of a cloud. Breeze, Caleb, this is your time to describe yourself to each other. Ooh. So, um, first of all, Kayla looks at him on the floor and she takes like two steps back. And what you can see, Lucas and also Breeze, <laughs> what you can see is a one meter 60, which is like 5.2 feet tall young woman who has like white blonde, actually white, white almost hair. It's quite short. It's like a little bit above the chin, like not to the shoulders, but like kind of in between. You can just see like half of her face-ish because um, her bangs are covering one side of her face. I mean, you can see the whole mouth and like the nose, but like the upper part is covered. The rest of the hair is actually moving. It's always moving. It's never still. It's not wild. It depends on the breeze that's like going on. Like when it's like a little, it depends on breeze. You got it. <laughs> um, no, it, 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 it depends on her mood and it depends on the weather, how strong it like moves and um, how wild it is. But the banks in the front, they never change. She's very, very pale. Like her hair and her skin's all whitish and so, so, so pale. She's wearing like a leatherish outfit, pants and above a little skirt that's like a triangle form. And also her top is also like leatherish, mm -hmm. um, but it's very soft. It's not like dark and black. It's also very light, the color. It looks like she and also the, the armor can never get dirty because it seems like it's like untouchable, but it's just not. It just looks like it. Her eye color is um, purple. You can see one eye and that's a purple color. Ooh. And that's all you can see so far. <laughs> so you, you, you were uh, a skirt because I, I, I have to, to know because this is going to change something because um breeze um also wants to wear a skirt or oh, what <laughs> you can wear a skirt classic, it's fine you breeze. you be you oh my god that's so weird murkrov is also wearing a skirt <laughs> we should talk oh about gosh, that oh <laughs> now as soon as breeze kind of you know it's it's not very elegant how he lands there as he slammed on the ground you feel like a, a wave of air from him like even I think even the the cloud that is next to to Kayla starts you know being blown away. He um lies on the ground and you see that he looks kind of young, probably in his nineteenth or twentieth year. He's quite slim. He has light blue skin, which looks almost like a, a frozen corpse. He has. Also white hair that reaches um, to his eyebrows, very messy. And his eyes are crystal blue. And if you look right inside his eyes, you can see like they are filled with a constant whirlwind. Like there's a little storm in his eyes. Mm. And um, because of that, you can also feel around him a constant breeze. 
you know like uh, if you're standing too close to him your your clothes are going to to wave or um your hair gets even messier than usual <laughs> or like if if there were candles next to him they would fl flick around uh, or maybe even get blown out so that is what you can sense he's kind of cheeky grinning what he wears is kind of similar to yours because of being an air elemental as well he's wearing a fitted tunic cloak with a big hood covering him made out of dark blue cloth but it's not as as clean as yours it's more like you know ruined by by smut and everything maybe even some rips or holes and he also wears some uh, leather armor pieces you know on his arms elbows and knees he doesn't wear any shoes you notice funnily enough the cloud that's close to her doesn't actually move too much now that you're a bit closer you see a body-like form somewhere there there's a face there's a body could be a she most likely one of those uh from the very very first bunch that were made which means she is freaking old <laughs> okay so he's like lying on the ground and oh maybe not not one of my my best entrances but <clears throat> hey oh you hey lady do you think it's cloudy today <laughs> just just kidding and then he's turning to to kayla and looking at her so who are you and kayla takes another step back and she just walks to two steps more to see you and she she whispers in her like ear i don't know if i want to talk to him you you you, you see how she kind of turns a bit, but it's it's a strange way of turning because it's not like a head is turning around. It's more like the face is just shifting at another point. So she looks at you. I kind of think that you in the end might need to. Her face shifts back. She looks at him. You must be Breeze. Fairly young. She looks up and down your body for a few seconds and rather newly made, if I'm correctly, yes? Well, as correct as you can be. Hmm. Which is the moment where you notice that the ground is shaking a little bit and just like three meters to the left, there's a hole starting to gape wide open, which is the point where you see one of the Archmages digging out of the ground. You all know him. Maybe heard more rumors about him, about the Archmage of Earth, Gokul. But he just like jumps out of the hole, looks around for a second, seemingly a bit confused, turns around, looks back into the hole. You're still there, are you? Oh yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I am right. I am right behind you. Fast for a little guy. <laughs> and you see someone climbing out of that hole. Murkov, describe yourself. So Murkov is currently has hands on his knees and he's he's panting, <laughs> catching his breath for a second. But what you can see about Murkov as he enters is that he has a left hand that is pure dark slate, which is like, you know, hard rock basically up to his elbow, and where it meets his elbow, it becomes just veins of dark stone that lead to his shoulder and neck and chest. In the middle of the chest, the stone gradually is replaced by amber, 
and at the end of the elbow where his right forearm and hand are, are completely amber. So basically on his left side, he's completely dark stone. On his right side, he's completely amber, but just on the arms and hands. The rest of his body looks fairly human. He has earth-toned skin, and his hair grows naturally downwards. It does not move in reaction to, to Breeze. It is stiff and brittle. You guys might not be able to tell that just from looking at it, but you kind of might get a sense since it's not moving at all. It grows downward, not quite to shoulder length. It's a little shorter than that, but it can only grow in this way. He has dark brown eyes, yeah, and his hair is, is very, very dark colored. He's not too big for an earth elemental. Some get very large, but he is closer to human size, just about 5'10", 170 eight centimeters. Average size guy. He is wearing a kind of basic scale male outfit. I think that that's just for protection from, you know, anything in the wild. Yeah, he hasn't fought that much, but uh, there are still wild things out in the forest where he lives pretty far out. So it looks like it's been through some things like, oh, does he farm in that scale male sometimes? Probably. He doesn't really have a lot. So he... He just has that, and it's, it looks pretty basic. There's a brownish-greenish uh, cloth basic tunic that's hanging off his back, but that's it. The nature boy. <laughs> Been so close to nature. Oh, he's just a simple boy <laughs> down from the foot of the mountain. <laughs> you, you see the Archmage looking at him like, ah, all right, he's up, and you just notice... <laughs> A very slight movement of his left foot, and the hole completely, in a matter of a second, closes again. Whatever tunnel has been there, as at a certain point Gokul decided it's too boring to go the ordinary way, let's make a shortcut. <laughs> he takes a short look around, uh, sees you too, looks a little bit further, sees, see you there, walks towards her, looks up. I take that for the time being. You have a little bit of an eye on those three youngsters here, yeah? Well, for the time being, until my brother returns. Yeah. Very good. In that case, uh, he turns around to Moorcraft. You stay here. She is going to keep an eye on you. And at some point, you're going to be sorted. I think... He takes a short look around and like, huh, there are no more others. Takes a look to see you again. I take they are not the only bunch. No, they are not. There are already a few down, but my brother thought that it might be a little bit more crucial and important to send someone down already instead of all at once. Well, Moorcraft, good luck. Make me proud. Oh, yeah. And well, you too. Good luck as well. Thanks, Archimage. Thanks. Super, uh, many honors to have been with you today. And Murkoff gives a nervous wave. You see him, like, walking to the mage tower, uh, to one of the front doors, and he just, like, directly walks through the stone of the door without stopping for a second and is gone. Sio turns her head a little bit. You can come a bit closer. And looks at Moorcraft as she says so. 
Murkov takes exactly one medium-sized step forward. Has he has not been around uh, air elementals very often. And Kayla um, steps one step back. <laughs> yeah, Rocky, don't be too enthusiastic. Oh, I'm just. Yeah, I'm. Uh, sorry. Hey, hey, folks. By the way, I'm. Uh, I'm Murkrov. Nice to. Nice to meet you. And he holds out his amber hand to Breeze. Can Can I right now use my mage hand just to you know shake his hand? Well, you can certainly uh, cast the spell, so to say, and. He will feel an invisible hand shaking his hand in that case. Oh, I'd love to. Hi, I'm Breeze. So what did you do in order to being sent here to do that stupid task? In that case, when Murkov feels the invisible hand, he will also cast Mage Hand and he'll take a step back. <laughs> his Mage Hand looks like vines and leaves and twigs have been wrapped around together into the shape of a hand. It's not invisible. And he, when he feels that hand... He'll let the mage hand replace his hand and take a step back so that the two mage hands are shaking in the middle. And I go, oh, nice to meet you. Cool trick. <laughs> Ever seen one like this before? And other hands, other, other hands right now, you know, doing like rock, paper, scissors. You know what's No, they are not. Not for the time being. Uh, oh, uh, well, I was just doing my daily community work, you know. There's, there's lots that has to be done. We got to take care of the gardens. We got to bring the water in from the river. And, uh, you know, make sure that everything is, uh, is going fine. I was, I was on the way back from, from work, and um, the Archmage just kind of asked for me uh, by name. So that was weird. And then, yeah, here I am. <laughs> so I've never, never been here before, though. It's kind of nice, nice, nice place. Huh? <laughs> wow, that was boring. Kayla just looks at them. She looks up and down, and she looks to see you, and she gives you a look, and she's like, I didn't expect it to be like that. <laughs> do I really have to do it like that with them? Well, I don't suspect that you want to go down there on your own. And she looks over to the guys and she looks again to see you. <laughs> well, I guess you're right. The next time that Kayla looks over to Murkov, his mage hand is waving at her. <laughs> She's like, I will get through this. I've been through worse. <laughs> As Murkrov's hand continues to wave, he also takes a step towards Kayla and says, Hi, sorry, Murkrov, by the way. Hi there. Really excited to be uh, doing this with, with you today. Uh, help some people. <laughs> Whoa, that's so great, right? And I'm so happy you have those feelings. Okay. Okay. Okay, guys, stop being romantic here. So, so what's the deal now? What is, what is the deal, Mrs. 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 Foggy Cloud? You kind of notice that she might want to answer, but immediately gets quiet. As all of you hear a voice directly next to your hats on both sides. That's something that Kayla is used to. Well, my young friend, you are here to help. At least that's the idea behind it. Kayla knows the voice. She knows uh, who it belongs to. But it's, it's always a little bit uh, interesting to hear him like that. The other two try to take a look around. Uh, there's no one to be seen in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Murkov is definitely like 
freaking out. He's not used to that at all. And he's not used to, like, weird air elemental stuff in general. You know, they might have more of an awareness that that kind of thing happens. But he's like, he's like, what in the world is happening? <laughs> uh, that's the point where Moorcraft and Kayla notice uh, that someone appears out of nothing behind Breeze. The man appearing behind Breeze is around 6.3 tall, <laughs> so around 1 meter 90. A pretty muscular guy from the appearance, at least. He is wearing a gray leather armor. By his side, two long swords. You see the completely blue skin, the white short hair that's constantly moving around deep blue eyes. Yeah, now that you see him for the very first time, especially uh, those two air guardians know who that is. Kayla, of course, knows it because it's Sio's brother. His name is Galth. He is second in command of the Stormblades, an elite troop that's there to guard the Archmage of Air. He fought in the war around 300 years ago. And surprisingly, even though it may not directly seem like it, but he is also one of the very first elemental guardians of air that was ever made. He stands behind Breeze. There is this little faint hint of a smile on his lips. You're done looking around. And Breeze is like, you know, feeling, oh, someone is speaking to me. And then whilst he's looking up, he's going even further so he can look backwards over his own head. And uh, he is kind of scared or, or just, you know, shocked at the moment. And he j jumps away from him. And, and whilst jumping, he turns around. I see. He turns his head around a little bit, looks towards Kayla. You, you notice a little bit of an... Thoughtful expression, his gaze wanders towards his sister for a few seconds before he returns back to her. You are sure that you want to do that. Just as you notice, you hear the voice right next to your head still, but his lips aren't moving. Kayla nods and she says, I want to help. Very well. Mm. He turns his head around to Moorcroft. You must be the one that the Archmage of Earth got from outside. Is that correct? Uh, uh, yes, yes, sir. That's me. Hi, Murkroft. Nice to meet you. And he turns his head towards Breeze. And you must be the troublemaker that I heard so many things about. It's nice to meet you. Well, it's nice that you've heard of me. I've heard of nearly everyone. He smirks a bit more. So, any ideas what you're going to do? Um, uh, something about, um, there was mines and, hi, sorry, I don't, I have no, I don't, I don't actually know why I was requested, but, uh, I, um, there was, we we're going into, we're going to help some people in the mine, is that correct? Like someone went missing, someone is not missing. We have to find missing people. Missing people we have to find, exactly what I thought. Yes. If you say so, it must be true. Let me give you a little bit of insight for what is about to come for each of you. 
as you know, we have a widespread system of tunnels and tracks underneath the mountains so that we can travel quickly down below if need rises. And especially for members of our kind, and he spreads his arms a bit as he says so, but mostly looks over to Moorcraft. Certain kinds of transportation like flying are not as comfortable. That's the reason we have the mines. We also use them, as you know, to harvest different kind of resources that we need, that the mages need. It has been some time ago that Antis Gaze shortly shifts to Kayla and that there has been an incident down in the mines. Kayla turns around. She doesn't want to look at Garth while he tells the story. We have lost track of her parents back then. They disappeared without any hint of sign where they've gone to. It has been marked as an unfortunate incident, even though we checked the mines regularly and constantly after that. But it seems as if, well, there has been another little group of elemental guardians that have gone missing. Water guardians. They were on their way to check one of our main supply rivers that run underneath and haven't been seen until now. As far as I'm concerned, there hasn't been a report of another of the little groups finding them. His gaze turns towards Moorcraft. We sent for someone of your kind because we know that it might get a bit too dark from time to time down there. And I know that a few of you are able to even find your way if you can't see a thing. And Murkov nods. Yes, that is something he can do. He looks towards Kayla. This is maybe as unfortunate as it is the closest to an idea of finding anything regarding what happened back then. And then his gaze turns to Breeze about you. I've been informed that this is your very first time that you're actually summoned to do something. And I know that you are still pretty lighthearted and tend to do a lot on your own way. I know it's different to get used to a body and all the regulations that come with it. But be careful down there and don't be too naive just to be on the safe side. Well, I don't know what you mean. We just go in there, get them. Mm. And Kayla walks to Garth and she, she takes him a little bit to the side and she's like, what if we, what if we see the pollen? What, 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 I, what am I going to do? What are we going to do? You see him like taking a short break. It's the moment when Breeze and Morkav don't hear the voice anymore. He turns a bit more towards Kayla, raises his hands, places them on her shoulder. She feels a little bit of air flowing around her. That's something that's with him as well. Looks in her eyes. I can't tell you what to do. I seriously can't. Be careful. If you come across anything like what you described back then, retreat if possible. We still don't know what those pollen mean. And she 
looks into his eyes and she gives him a deep, long, strong hug. And then she lets go of it. She looks into his eyes and she's very certain that she's going to make it. And she's like nodding and she goes back to the others. Whilst she's hugging, I'm leaning to Murkraf. Well, seems you don't have any chance with her. <laughs> That's it. Wonderful. <laughs> you are wonderful. Already trying to. Well, we we need a we need a new Leela. <laughs> um, as you hugged him, just so you know, he returned the hug. He looks at the three of you. You are the group that's going downstairs. Walk towards one of the entrances of the mine. Guardians at the front know that you are sent to get down there. You will each get a little artifact that the mages provided for those kind of missions. Just that we are able, in the worst case, to find you, no matter where you are. As long as you're inside of this town, you won't get lost. Just don't lose those pendants. So, are there any more questions? And he takes his time to look at each single one of you. Ayla softly shakes her head. Breeze isn't even paying too much attention to it. Well, like we say in my village, more lasting than stone, it's time to get going. Sounds like a great village. It's the best. Hmm? And Kayla turns around and she walks towards the entrance of the tunnel and waits at the beginning. <laughs> Luckily, the entrance to the mines isn't too far away. Each mountain has a single entrance where you get in the lower systems of tunnels. And each of those is guarded. You notice like as soon as you walk close enough to the heavy stone door, a little bit like a lid on a pot. You can open it up and just walk directly downstairs. You notice in this door there are certain pictures of figures of guardians in very heavy armor. And as soon as you get close enough, you see one of those starting to move and you see that out of the stone starts to rise a two meter tall stone guardian as you know those aren't elemental guardians like you are they are artificial created guardians that are always there never need to sleep never need to eat but they aren't as free. They have very limited space to act regarding the commands that they got. He like gets out of the door, turns his head towards Kayla. It's a little bit intimidating because you can see he's, he's holding a big glaive in his hand. Luckily, not interested to strike. Luckily. What do you want? You hear this very monotone voice. We would like to go into the mines. For which reason? We want to help trying to find the people that got lost. You are part of the volunteers. Just the three of you? There are others. 
but this group is just the three of us. He turns his head and you hear the heavy cracking and rubbing of stone on stone as he looks at each single one of you. One earth guardian, two air guardians. And Kayla looks at him and she's like, I know, I know they look useless, but they really want to help. They really, really want to help. Brutal. Wow. Do we hear that? Oh, what'd she, did you hear Breeze? What'd she say? <laughs> Markov looks at Kayla like slightly wounded because he doesn't know why. He like doesn't, doesn't know why she said that. He's like, I do a lot of work every day. I just take care of the fields and I like take care of the village and I like study lots of stuff. I like, study like religions and things. I feel like I'm that useless. I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job in general. And that's just my kind of it kind of trails off. <laughs> and while, while, while he's doing that, Breeze is, you know, using his hand to just slap him on his back shoulder. And he's like, you know, you know, loosen it up a bit. Don't be too stiff, you know? Oh, never mind. <laughs> I think Murkrov tries to lower his shoulders, but he can't because they're made of stone. <sighs> there you go, bud. <laughs> Still, the, the Guardian looks down on her and takes another look at the other two. I am not here to measure usefulness of the members of your group. I am here to allow you to enter. You see how he reaches with his big hand towards his chest, and it just seems like his fingers are slowly sinking inside of him. The rest of the hand follows. And it seems like he is shifting inside of him, searching for something, until you get the feeling like his hand closes around a particular part, and he pulls it out, and you see three little pendants, all in the form of a very, very small stone guardian. <laughs> and he hands them down towards you. With these, I am able to know where you are. Thank you so much. And Kayla gives each of them a little figure, a little pendant. Ooh, so we get free stuff? Like it. I am gonna name this Daryl. <laughs> and Murkoff puts it on. <laughs> are you ready to proceed? Yes, we are. Are you ready to let us? And Kayla looks at him. I mean, come on, Kayla. He's, he's, he's having his time. I mean, he could hurry up a little bit. She rolls her eyes and she looks at the guardian. Please, we're ready. You noticed like he was looking in between Kayla and Breeze and then back to Kayla, seemingly thinking if he needs to respond. Seemingly he doesn't. <laughs> and you see him turn around to these heavy doors and you see and hear him slamming those giant hands into the doors before he slowly starts to lift them up and open the way down for you. You can see the soft shimmering of crystals already lightening up the way in different colors of blue and green and yellow. This is the entrance 
in the mines underneath the town of Neuhlanis. You three enter, and the last thing that you hear from outside is the heavy chunk of the stone doors closing behind you as you start to venture down, down in the deep, deep mines. JK, we rolling each magic out of control. Start running, each coming. Sebastian Kinder was our Game Master. Michael Moore was Murkrov. Lucas Fisher was Breeze. Nadine Kuhn was Kayla. Our incredible new epic theme music was by Aaron Richard. Our amazing new cover art was by Pascal Genet. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed this very special episode of JK, It's D&D. If you want to hear more from Breeze, Kayla, and Murkrov, then hop on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash jkwerrolling, and consider supporting us. I'm going to try to release a new part of this adventure every month on our Patreon. And who knows, maybe the adventure will even continue beyond this three-part adventure, which I promise is full of danger, laughs, and mysterious forces. I'm also aiming to get a bonus episode out to you next week, so keep an eye out for it next Wednesday. The cast and I will be discussing moments in the show, some theories about what might happen, and answering some listener questions. In two weeks, we'll be back at Neudrachenberg, where our group has to figure out what to do about the newly ritual-bound Yazerdva, Wild. On a side note, you can hire our own Sebastian to be the dungeon master for your own group of friends or adventure mates. Find him on Instagram at KinderSebastian. Or is it Kinder Sebastian? You can find the link in our show notes and description. Make sure to follow us in the meantime on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can leave us a rating or review using the links in our show description. It means so much to us, and it is so helpful. So, that's it for now, folks. In the meantime, keep your head brain sharp and your wand at the ready. All right. Um, I I was about to start, but I also see Lucas' face super close to the microphone. Do you want to start? Let me me start with a sentence. Ladies first. Oh, okay. Then I say James last. All right. So my character. Um. <laughs> <laughs>